0: Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's dot com. Now, with today's fresh insights... Cynthia Hyatt.
1: Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and I hope you are having a great Sunday, and if not, maybe this can give you some support, some encouragement, and some just something to look forward to in your week, that there are some things that we can do this week that can change the outlook of our life. And really changed the way that we feel about ourselves. And so we talked last week at length about how to be the best version of me, how to be the best version of yourself. And I say to clients regularly, be your own best version, be your own best version. And so the way that I came up with this, that God gave me this, that little tag, be your own best version way back in the 1990s. And it was at a time that I was really trying to figure out a whole lot of things about being adopted. And I had come, you know, into my family, my adopted family, and grew up. And they were, you know, parents that wanted children. And my older sister is not adopted. She is their natural-born children. And then I have two brothers, younger than I am, that are adopted from other families as well. And so all three of us were adopted, and my older sister was not. And so all through my life, I kept thinking, man, where did I come from? And who do I look like? And I feel like my life is just happenstance. Like I magically appeared one day. I snuck on the planet and God said to Jesus, "Uh uh-oh, we better make up a plan for Cynthia because we didn't really plan her. And it used to really bother me. Now, not to the point that I would say it was necessarily a clinical issue, but it was very painful, stressful, and it would show up at different times in my life. And so I really started talking to God about this idea that I felt so compelled to really make something of my life because I had to prove that I was allowed to be here, that I didn't just sneak on the planet, and if I did, that I'm going to make it worth his while. Now, obviously, these are young, young thoughts, and they're not abnormal for adopted people. And I remember the day I was really talking to God about this, and he had, I had really rededicated my life to Christ, and I was reading the Bible, and I came across that wonderful Psalms 139. And he said to me, I knew you before you were formed. I created you in your mother's womb. How beautifully and wonderfully made you are. And all of a sudden, it hit me, and he said to me, you know, Nobody else planned you, Cynthia, but I did. And it was so grounding for me to go, God planned me. He decided exactly when to put me on the planet. And so if he planned me, then he has a plan for me. And when I realized that I'm the only one like me, nobody else is me, Nobody can even do the successes I have, but nobody can make the mistakes I make either. That I am unique in every way. I am still human, but I am unique. And When we look at the amazing brilliance of the God that we love and serve, everything he makes is unique. Just look at a sunset. Every sunset is unique. Every flower is unique. Every animal is unique. If you've ever had pets... Even if you get the same breed and they look the same, they have a different little personality. And so I want to encourage you to understand that being the best version of you is going to give you the most joy, the most um, encouragement, the most fulfillment you could ever imagine. Now, that doesn't mean that we look at other people, borrow things, and say, Hey, I can learn from what you did. That seems like a good thing to do. Or that seems like a really bad thing. Maybe I'm going to learn from your mistake, and I'm not going to do that. But the bottom line is, God is saying, yes, there's similarities. All humans have basic needs. But there's only one you. And this is not a self-aggrandizing thing. This is not like a inflating our ego. This is just simply a fact. And when I let that truth be buried deep inside my soul, then I become free. Because then I'm just in a discovery phase. See, I haven't been to the end of my life. I'm only inside of me. I can't get outside of me and watch me and and learn from me. I'm inside of me, figuring me out every single day. And God knows that. And he gives tremendous grace and mercy as he watches us discover ourselves, if if we are willing. I know some people that are not willing. They just go along to get along. They just go through their day. They copy everybody else. And they hope that someday they'll be happy. Well, I'm encouraging you to discover you. Because what you will find, the more I know me, the more I understand me, the more I manage me, The more responsibility I take for myself, the less effort I need. I actually become very helpful to the world. I don't need as much because I'm making sure that I know me and understand me, accept me, take responsibility for me, commit to myself. And when I do that, I'm not a needy person. I'm not an insecure person. It doesn't mean I don't have moments, right? Because we're human. But I begin to be someone that brings to people's lives versus always taking from their life. So part of being the best version of you is being a grown-up, being a real grown-up, not a little person in a big body. And we talked a lot about that last week. But we give children a lot of grace and a lot of understanding because they're growing up. They're not sure how to control themselves, how to control their body, how to control their voice, their emotions, their thoughts. They're learning how to do that. So by the time we come into adulthood, we want to be seriously taking responsibility for being an adult. And we talked about what adults have. Adults have tolerance. They can tolerate being misperceived. They can tolerate not being liked. They can tolerate being judged. They can tolerate a lot of the sin of the world. means that I've been stolen from before. Absolutely. Not great things have happened to me all the time in my life. But I'm an adult, so I have resources and know what to do to manage whatever someone else's problems did to my life. I also have the resources to manage whatever problems came with me and how I manage me. And it sounds like a really big job, but you know what I say to clients all day? I say, you know, imagine a world if everybody just took care of themselves. Wow. If everyone just took care of themselves, just managed themselves, then the things that we couldn't do for ourselves would be so much easier for the community to manage, right? Now, please don't hear that. That is not a guilting statement. That is not a shaming statement. That's a thought to think about. You know, that's my one little part. I can do that for the community. I can take care of me. And that doesn't mean I don't have people that help me in taking care of me. That's part of what adults do. We resource, right? We figure out what it is that we need, and we go and figure out how to get it. And we are appreciative of the ones that help us. So let's look at this verse again. This is John 17, 15, and it says, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Now, this is an important verse, because what Jesus is saying is he says, I I, I don't want you to take them out of the world because it's so unsafe down here. I just want you to protect them from the evil one. So he's saying he's not even trying to change the world. He's just simply saying the one thing, God, they need a lot of help with is please protect them from the enemy of their soul, from Satan. And this is imperative for adults, especially. You need to know who you're listening to. And you need to know if you're going to buy into the lies that Satan tells you. And how he shames you, how he scares you to death. He loves to scare people. I'm sure that's why cockroaches were created. They're very scary. They're very creepy things. And so you want to think about what does the enemy do to steal, kill things in my life, steal, rob, destroy? That's what we're asking God for help from specifically. Because we're wanting to be protected from the evil one. So that we actually can be the best version of ourself. Because the more protected we are from God, the more that we ask for that help, the more energy we have to fight self and self-will and the sin that was just we were born with. So it helps us to only really have our, the major contender in our life be ourself. So I want you to think about how you are going to really know what your best version is. Obviously, we never arrive. So the nice thing about this information for you today is nobody can really compete with you, even if they do the same thing. See, I play the piano. Other people play the piano. But nobody can play the piano the way I do. I'm a therapist. There's a lot of therapists on the planet. Thank God, right? But nobody can do therapy the way I do. Nobody can love my husband the way I do. Nobody can take care of my kids the way I do or my pets. And see, nobody can do it the same mistakes that I do. So I'm really wanting you to recognize that you have a great thing to offer this world. And the number one thing that Satan wants to tell you is that you mean nothing. You're not going to really account for anything. You're just one of the masses. You're not special. Everybody else has a plan and a call in their life, but you don't really. You just got to survive it, get through it. You're an afterthought. And see, if any of that resonates with you, I want you to know Satan is not creative. He tells the same thing to everybody all the time. And he just hopes it sticks. So I want you to ignore it. I want you to cast it aside. I want you to get angry about it when you hear that stuff and know it's a lie because God is very glad that he made you. He's very happy that he made you. He enjoyed thinking about putting you together. And he's got a plan for you down here as well as for your eternity. God loves you very much. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next couple segments as we talk about how to be the best version of yourself in one week. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. Make sure that you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and my name is spelled... Exactly the way that it sounds, Cynthia Hyatt, C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T. You can see there we have blogs, we have all the radio shows, we have music, there's some videos that I do that are encouraging. can also lead you to a lot of the Facebook, uh, how to get connected with me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and um, LinkedIn. So I always appreciate your presence on all those places, all those sites and your comments. And I always want to encourage you that if you have a topic or a title or a a question, you can always email me at CynthiaHyatt at gmail.com. You can also messenger, messenger me on Facebook and I can answer those questions or do a show for you as well. All right. So we're talking about this being the best version of you and how God gave me that insight in the 90s. And it really took fruition in the early 2000s and all of 2000. When he really gave me that idea of guaranteed value. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago, when he was telling me about my guaranteed value, and that he's wanting me to be the best version of me that there is no other one but me. And so I really don't even have to compete with anybody other than myself. And I really have worked hard on not turning to the right or to the left, looking what everybody else is doing, where I'm comparing. I don't want to contrast myself to them. I'm really measuring myself against myself. Am I better than I was yesterday? Am I making any progress on overcoming that besetting sin? Am I making progress in forgiveness and giving mercy? of self-discipline, of not shaming myself or being mean to myself? Am I making progress in those areas? Because those things are going to get in the way of me being who God originally designed me to be. I want you to think about just the produce section of the grocery store. You can't compare any of those fruits, right? Apples are not oranges, bananas, strawberries, pineapples, kiwis, grapes, whatever. And even each individual piece of fruit tastes different, doesn't it? We always try to pick the best apples. And we end up taking one home going, this is not what it's supposed to taste like. Everything God makes is unique. And that includes you. So when you think about becoming the best version of you, I want you to think about it on a weekly basis. Because sometimes it helps if we break it down. If you do, on a weekly basis these things that we're going to talk about, you'll be amazed at what happens in one month and in one year. So I did some research on this a little bit of what makes for very successful people, what makes for very um, well-equipped people, grounded, centered individuals. And I came across this gentleman. I read some some of his things. He's called Gene Griffith, and he is a former retired military. He was in the military from 87 to 2013, and he has quite a history and quite a record and so I liked some of the things that he was saying. I've read some other things from from different people because we there's this tendency to really study this, how we can be our best version. It used to be we just competed with each other and tried to be a better version of whoever they were. But now we're really understanding the unique fingerprint that every person has, and I did a... A study on um, snowflakes. I did a study on pebbles on a beach, and when I read about the sand on a beach, and came to find that every single grain of sand is different. Every single grain of sand. It's it's inconceivable to me. So when you think about that, he considered us considers us like you know the grains of sand, the the billions of people that he has made, and he knows each and every one of us every one of us and every one is different similar but different so one of the things i want to encourage you and you can really pray for me about this one cuz i work on this one regularly this is getting 8 to 9 hours of sleep every night now i know that you thought i might be talking to you about I don't know, some more existential kinds of thoughts and ideas about being the best version of you. But I'm talking about some things that help the you, the real you, emerge. And if you don't do these things, it gets in the way. Because think of this just in a simple manner. If you don't get very much sleep, how well do you function, right? It's like when when your battery on your phone is running out, the charge is running out. So you want to make sure you want to say, you know, if I'm going to set myself up to be my best version and to fight the things that get in the way of me being that person, I probably need to have appropriate rest. We know that that's built into God's design. He took a day of rest. So if God needed to rest and said, it's good for me to rest today, I've done six days of labor. So think of that as in, I don't know what day you want to pick. I don't know how you want to do that day. And I don't even know or wouldn't even try to figure out what is rest, quote unquote rest for you. For some people, rest is binge watching their favorite TV show. Some people, rest is hanging out with their friends all day, um, playing a pickup football game, basketball game, volleyball. Some people for rest, it's reading all day. Some do artwork. Some sleep all day. I have some friends. They're like, you know what? I slept till 3 o'clock this afternoon. And they feel like a brand new person. So you have to ask yourself, what is rest for me? What gives me rest? And so you need the day of rest and you need sleeping every night. And there's a tendency for Americans to cheat time. We really somehow think we can cheat time. And so we stay up later to get more stuff done so that our day tomorrow is more productive. And we have study after study after study that tells us the more tired you are, the less productive you are. And you will end up making more mistakes and getting behind. And then you'll get anxious about that and be more stressed about it. And it would be better. You would work better if you just slept more. Now, if you've ever heard me on the show before, you know I'm not a big sleeper. I don't really like to sleep. I think it's boring, but I know I need to sleep. So it's hard for me to make myself go to bed because I just don't want to end the day yet. But it's a discipline, and I know how good it is for me, and I know how much more productive I am the next day and how much more I enjoy the next day and how much more resiliency and tolerance and energy that I have. So this guy, he said he spent 27 years in the military. He had to wake up early every morning. He says he hated it. And since he's retired, he says, now I get up whenever I wake up. Eight hours of sleep works for me, and I'm always well rested. Your body works. Your body, your rules get up when you're rested. Now, I know that everybody can't doesn't have that kind of luxury, right? Some of us have to be somewhere in the morning. But this still is very important. What, the, what Gene Griffiths, this, this military, this, he's a Navy SEAL guy, says that we need to listen to our bodies. See, I don't need as much sleep as other people do, but I do need sleep. And I do need to sleep more sometimes than I normally have to sleep. I need to trust what my body's telling me. When I honor that, my body will perform much better for me. And I want you to please remember, your brain is an organ like any other organ in your body, your brain needs sleep, even though it may tell you it doesn't. This is Cynthia Hyatt with conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next two segments as we talk about be the best version of you in weeks and a month. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. This is Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much always for joining me and just spending time with me. And uh, really appreciate your presence on all the social media platforms that we have available. Make sure that you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T. You can listen to the shows on my website. You can also go to 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio's website, And just look under podcasts and you'll see my picture and all the shows are listed there as well. And you can listen to them from the KPXQ app as well. So we are talking about being the best version of you, being your own best version. And how do you do that? And what's most important for you to be able to be the best version of you? Well, I want you to think about anything that is within your care. Whether that be a pet, a child, employees, a car, your house, your computer, your phone, whatever it is. You and I both know if you don't care for that thing, person, animal, the way it needs, it will suffer. You don't put enough gas in your car, it'll suffer. You don't check the tires, they may go flat or they may flat really quickly because they're getting worn down. You don't check the oil, the engine could seize. You don't take care of your children, your pets, plants, whatever it might be, the employees that serve you, that work for you, parents, infirmed parents, whatever it is that that we are caring for, you know if you don't take care of it, it will suffer. Well, You're one of those things, and God is depending on you to take care of you. He says to me, Cynthia, please take care of the one that I love. Please care about the one I care for. God cares about you. One of the ways you honor him is to care for the one he loves, which is you. When you do that, you will have so much more energy to do all those things that he's wanting you to do. So you take care of you first. It's, you know, the same thing as that famous analogy of, it, you know, being in the airplane and, you know, the air masks deploy and they fall out of the, you know, section above your head and the parent tries to put it on the kid first and by the time they try to get it on the kid, they've passed out from lack of oxygen. So they always tell you, put it on you first. First, because then you can stay thinking. Then you have enough oxygen. So you make sure that you do at least the basics, which is sleep, Let's talk about drinking water. Now, in Arizona, we probably are, maybe we're better at drinking water than other places. But humans are made up primarily of water. So, water is imperative. And it is one of the basic needs. We have food, sleep, water, air. Water is a big deal. And so, we kind of maybe cheat a little bit, and drink a whole bunch of other types of liquids. I know that I I can struggle with not liking to drink water. And some of that, I think, is growing up in Arizona, we didn't really have good water until a couple decades ago, I think, maybe in the 80s, 90s. And so water was not necessarily very good. And I never really acquired a taste for water. So I've really worked hard on making sure that I drink water instead of soda, juice, Whatever, coffee, whatever it may be. Because my body really, really does well when I give it water. So I want you to think about that. I think about water, about sleep. about How about breathing? Are you one of those people that holds your breath? Are you anxious sometimes? Do you breathe really shallow? Do you find yourself yawning a lot? If you find yourself yawning a lot, it means you need more oxygen. Maybe you forgot to to breathe. Maybe you're not breathing all the way down to your diaphragm. Maybe you're not relaxing enough. Maybe your body's too tense to take a really good deep breath. You have to have air. Humans can only survive about four to five minutes without air. That's a big deal, air is. So air, and then we have food. What are you eating? What are you putting? What fuel are you putting in your body? Is that going to help you be the best version of you? What do you need? Everybody needs to learn themselves. We learn our children, don't we? We learn what our pets are willing to eat. We learn what the plants need to be given. You need to learn the types of food that are best for you, that give you the best and the most energy, that help you stay healthy, that help you think, and that you also can enjoy. So take that on as as truly some discovery. Food, sleep, sleep water, all right, these are very important, and breathing, I want you to breathe, I tell clients all day, let's just take a breath, breathe, as soon as you breathe, you get a ton of oxygen to your brain, your brain settles down, takes you to the prefrontal cortex, which is the most highest developed part of your brain, take a deep breath, relax, this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join us in the next segment as we talk about how to become the best version of yourself. And thank you, Jeremy, so much. I have the best producer. I hear the whispers in my Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. This is the last segment of the show today, so if you've missed any part of it, please make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can listen to the show in its entirety, and you can also go to 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio, their website, our website, I should say, and just just click on podcasts or radio hosts, and you'll see my picture there, and all the shows are available for you as well. So thank you for just tuning in and I'm praying that you have a really blessed week and certainly I would like it to be a calm one, maybe an easy one for you. And if not, I'm praying that God does miracles for you in spite of it. So we're talking about being the best version of you. And if you did some of these behaviors for one week and then you committed to doing it for four weeks, you would be amazed At how quickly you change. If you committed to three months, 90 days, you'd be amazed at the change in your life. And so we talked, you know, in the last segment a lot about physical needs. Food, water, breathing, and sleeping. So many times I go, I go back to these with clients when they're really, really struggling. I say, you know what, let's just do kind of a a checkup. How are you eating? How are you sleeping? Are you breathing? Are you holding your breath? Are you anxious? You know, and and are you drinking water? How are you doing with those basic things that help your entire body weather the storms of life? So make sure that you always go back to those. Those are bedrock foundational things. The other things that we're going to talk about in the rest of this segment are very important to do, but they are much more effective if you're doing those four things. If you're taking care of the bedrock foundational things, you're going to be able to do these other things much easier. So let's talk about being grateful. Now, I've done a, I've done a whole entire week sometimes on being grateful and the power of gratitude. And I've given you so much research about being grateful. What it does to our brains, how healing it is for our body, how much it opens up the creativity of our mind to be able to manage and tolerate better difficult problems or things we don't feel like we can fix. It helps us not to be buried and taken down by the the pain or the woes that we have in life. It helps us not to be hit so hard with what's going on in society, what's going on in our church, in our family, in our neighborhood, in our world. It helps us to increase our faith so the more you practice gratitude the more resiliency you're going to have and the more you are going to see good things that God is actually doing you won't miss them as often I'm I'm sure that you know that feeling where you've gone how did I miss that that was a good thing God did that was God I didn't even see that that was God when we're practicing gratitude it helps us to get things really in perspective so we're kind of doing life right side up instead of upside down. So I want you to be grateful of whatever it is. It could be the smallest thing. I thank God when I make it through a stoplight and didn't have to stop. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful if someone's kind to me and they open up the door. I'm grateful for big things too, successes. I'm grateful for my husband. I'm grateful for my friends. I'm so grateful for my career. I'm grateful for you listeners that are willing and interested enough to have some good counsel about what you can do to make your life meaningful and honoring to god and your friends and your family and to you i'm i'm grateful for that i'm grateful for the support that you've given me through all these years so if we practice gratitude let me tell you what else happens it makes being forgiving a lot easier See, when I'm not in a grateful mood, if I've been kind of in a funk, if I've let myself get kind of upside down, I have a harder time forgiving people. I really do. I take things more personally, more seriously. I might read into it. I start to have a lot uglier feelings. I don't bounce back as fast. So when I'm really practicing gratitude the same way I'm practicing breathing, sleeping, water, and food... When I make that part of my daily regime, you'll be amazed at how forgiving you are and how accepting you are, how easygoing you are. And that doesn't mean that we're not talking about a Pollyanna kind of way of looking at life. That means that I'm able to kind of roll with the punches better, that they don't hit me so hard and and end up corrupting my heart with hatred or malice or upset or jealousy or greed or any of these ugly things that come into my heart when I'm not grateful. So especially forgive yourself. And this is imperative because you live with yourself 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you'll be with you forever. So it's imperative that if God in his righteousness, holiness, beauty, wonder, splendor, all of that, is able to forgive you and wants to forgive you and thinks you deserve to be forgiven, because of your great value. Who are you to withhold forgiveness from yourself? Who are you? Try to explain that one to God. If God has forgiven you and you won't forgive you, I want you to really think about that because some of the healthiest, most flexible, most successful people are able to get over themselves and to forgive themselves. It doesn't mean if I forgive me, it doesn't mean I'm saying it's okay or that I minimized whatever the offense was or whatever mistake it was that I made, but I can get over it. I'm not going to let that indicate what my identity is because I'm not trying to be perfect in order to feel good about myself. I'm trying to be a person that has character. And people with character are very forgiving, very forgiving. So think about you. What are you holding against yourself? What are you hating yourself for? What are you disgusted with yourself about? What do you keep bringing up and reminding yourself about what you did or didn't do? How can you be kind and forgiving? So the next one goes right along with forgiveness is the issue of kindness. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Kindness goes a long way. I tell people all day, every day, it's, an, it's amazing the power of kindness. Jesus is so kind. The world is still talking about the kindness of Christ. Because kindness is so healing. And kindness gives so much energy to the person that receives it. It causes them to have hope. It causes them to want to try again. Sometimes it convicts them. Sometimes it helps to change them. Sometimes it stops them from doing something they otherwise might have done if you give them some kindness. See, always remember, kindness is not about pretending like something didn't happen. Okay, kindness is not pretending like the person that I'm being kind to even necessarily deserves it. It isn't about deserving. It's about need. People need kindness. It's not about whether you deserve it. It's that you need it. It's like air. It's like water, food, and sleep. So be kind to you. You will find that you offend others far less if you are kind to yourself. One of the best ways to be kind to yourself is to say no to yourself. Now, I want you to do that kindly, of course. I don't want you to say, no, you stupid idiot. Why do you want to do that today? Oh, no. When I say no to myself, I know I don't, like, I don't like the word no any more than anybody else does. So when I say no to myself, I am very, very kind. And I am very understanding. And I go, I know, I know this is tough. I know this is, oh, I know you don't want to hear no. But this is no. This is me being kind to me. I'm saying no to myself as a way to be kind to myself, protect myself from things that would be very unwise for me to do or to say or to think about. And so I'm able as an adult to say no to me the same way I would say no to a child, the same way I would say no to a pet, same way I will say no to to the patients I have in my office. I say, no, no, we're not going there. No, we're not doing that. No, we're not thinking that way. No, we're not saying that. No, no. And sometimes that's the most powerful, kindest thing you could do for yourself or someone else, is to say no. And in doing that, guess what that does? Here's another way that we become the best version of ourselves. We live below our means. I don't, I, you don't have to live far below your means. But we don't stress ourselves ourselves with chasing after every new thing and competing with the Joneses and trying to get all of our good feelings by what we own and where we live and how much money we have and the places we've gone, that we say, you know what? God is in charge of where he put me in this world. He didn't put me in this world as a millionaire. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll be a millionaire someday. I'm not trying to do that, and I'm not looking... Like, that's going to make my life work. I'm saying, certainly, God, if that's part of the plan, I will want to do that responsibly. But I'm not needing to have all that money and all those things to make myself feel like I'm valid or worthwhile. I'm saying, God, you've given me this many hours in a day. You've put me in this particular place in life in this particular century. You've given me this particular education this gift or this calling and that's the amount of money that comes with that. And so that's part of just knowing I got to do my part of being in this world and I can't be comparing and contrasting myself to other people like I wish I was them or I'm glad I'm not those people. I want to say, God, I want to do the best version of me with what you've afforded me so that I do it well. Because if I'm a workaholic and I, I make a lot more money Am I even going to be around to spend it? Am I even going to be with people that want to even be with me? Because I may be too difficult to be with. This is why it's imperative that we understand that we live below our means. Now, if you want to live just a little bit below, whatever. But we don't want to be putting ourselves in a position that a lot of our energy and, and then the stress that comes with that is put into figuring out how we manage all the stuff we have or don't have. So I want you to hold yourself to a higher standard. When you're the best version of you, you are always striving to do better than yourself. I compete with myself every day. If I don't like how I handled something, I, say, I commit to myself I'm going to do it better in the next moment. And I remind myself, and I forgive myself when I fail. So choose. Choose to be happy. Find the things that are happy. Think on those things. God tells us, taking captive every thought, that it doesn't exalt itself above God. Whatever whatever you think you should, could, would, ought to have, or be, you need to say, God, I need to not let that thought exalt itself above you. And I need to be renewed, taking captive those thoughts and being renewed in my mind every single day. So, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today. I want to encourage you to practice these things and maybe just pick one a day. Don't try to take them all on. But join with me in doing this. I do this every day. And it really has revolutionized my life. I want you to be the best version of you because you will enjoy you. God is very happy that he made you, and he wants you to enjoy you as well. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me next week as we talk more about this idea of being your own best version. God bless you. Check out the website. Jeremy, thank you so much for all your help and understanding. Gosh.